This is Behind the Brush by St. Jack. I've had so many moments in my career where I question it and makeup artistry to someone who doesn't really understand what we do is quite a superficial job. We get paid to make people look pretty. I've had to dig deeper and for me, makeup artistry not only allows me to make someone look good, it makes them feel good. Hello and welcome back to Behind the Brush. It's me, it's Beth, your host, makeup artist and founder of St. Jack Cosmetics. How are you doing? Things are pretty good on my end, though I've got to say I'm very happy to see the beginning of May, though I'm not loving this cooler weather. I'm sure I'm not alone in that. April was absolutely huge for me. It just flew by. I was so sick for a period in there, but I felt like every other day where I was healthy, I was just working. I did more weddings than you could poke a stick at, and I was actually, for the most part, assisting another makeup artist here in Melbourne. And I have never done that before. I've had someone assist me on a wedding, but I've never assisted somebody else. So these were jobs that I had kind of organized like this time last year, and then they got postponed because of COVID. And then they all happened to be like in weekends in April. So I thought, you know, this will be a bit of fun. And turns out I was right. And it was an incredible experience. It will come as no surprise because I have this podcast. So I love to learn things from other people, but Really, it was a great opportunity to see all of the different little ways that you can do things, you know. So I might do something different to how this artist was doing something and you just pick up a few new tricks, you know, for your little tool belt. So I think that no matter who you are, there was always, there is always value in assisting. And also, since I normally work by myself, I have to say, I absolutely loved working with someone and feeling like I had a colleague again. It was just fun to have that banter and that connection. So We just love to see it. If you've been thinking about it, reach out to somebody and definitely do it. On the St. Jack side of things, you guys already know that I am hustling for that second product. It is well and truly underway, but of course, we have hit so many delays, even though I was like determined to not let that happen this time. But look, you know, I had the first sample come through. I think I may have already mentioned that, but we're working on the second sample because there are a couple of things that I just wanted to improve on. But I'm hoping that when that gets into my grubby little hands, that will be a little bit closer to where I want it to be so that I can bring you this absolutely game-changing, iconic new product that you will all want in your kit. On today's episode of Behind the Brush, I am absolutely over the moon (laughs) to be joined by Canberra makeup artist, the one and only Yarn Doan. Jan literally just turned 23 and he is one of the most sought after event and bridal makeup artists in Canberra. Overcoming the challenges of his parents wanting him to have a more conventional career, hello lawyer, doctor, as well as being a boy in makeup in a conservative town, Jan started his makeup Instagram when he was in year eight. Can we just like think about that for a second? What were you doing in year eight? I sure as shit wasn't starting a makeup Instagram. It's so impressive. Anyway, he started working in retail when he was just 15 and started freelancing as well. He has to be some sort of superhuman. And more importantly, he radiates the most beautiful, authentic energy. And I just know that you are all going to love him. It was a goal of mine to have him on the show from the beginning when I started this podcast. And I am truly honored to bring you this chat today. So that's enough from me. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Yarn Don't. 
Jan, welcome to Behind the Brush. Thank you so much for having me, Beth. It is a pleasure. I am so excited to also, it appears we both got the memo. We're both wearing pink today, living our Elwood's fantasy. Yes. yes. Pink we is love my it. gem. It's my vibe. Yes, yeah, I'm obsessed it. with these glasses, by the way, these pink spectacles. Oh, thank you. Just a little matching moment. Yes, of course. I did have pink hair for quite a moment, so I was living that full pink fantasy. I know. I loved the pink hair. And then I think I overdid pink. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is there ever such thing, though? I was just going to say, I don't think that there is such a thing. It is such a pleasure to finally get to sit down and chat with you. I have been following you for what feels like forever and just absolutely yes. obsessed with you. Everybody who I've told I'm talking to you today is just like over the moon. They're like, yes, let's do ah, it. Sorry. So let's get straight into it. And the first thing I want to know from you is, Jan, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a painter. I don't know. Is that a weird occupation? I've always been like, oh, no, like a full-blown, like a Van Gogh. Like a house painter? Okay. (laughs) No, like a portrait painter. I mean, I could totally paint your walls too, but I'm really bad at that. But I don't know. Growing up, I was always like, no, let's be a painter. And then the little Asian kid in me was like, oh, no, let's make mom happy and just be a doctor or a lawyer. And I was like, definitely not. Definitely not. Very different. Was there like a part of you, like when you were in like school where you were like, I have to go down the doctor, lawyer route? Yes, 100%. I was almost a straight A student at school. So I definitely liked to keep up my grades, but then come year 12, year 11, 12, so college for us here, I was like, no, I'm definitely an artist. I cannot do maths or chemistry or anything like that anymore. So I'm just going to focus full time on art. Wow. Because you did get into it so young. So when I was prepping for this interview, I think I actually told you when I asked you to be on the show, I was like, so over the weekend, I went all the way down to the bottom of your Instagram (laughs) in a really non creepy way. And if I've got this maths right, you started that account in 2013 and you were 13 or 14. I would have been, yeah, 13. So 2013, I would have been 14, 14 years old, creating that account. I would have been in year eight or year nine. Yes. That's wild to me. It was wild. Firstly, because like I'm of the generation that when I was in year eight, I can remember it so vividly. I had Facebook Mm -hmm. and Facebook, oh, sorry, not Facebook, MySpace. And MySpace was a Mm -hmm. thing with like top friends and that's how people would get bullied. So like for you to even have Instagram is like mind blowing to me. It was, it was so wild. Do you remember like what made you want to start that account or like what sparked that from moving from wanting to be an artist in paint to a makeup artist? I think it was at the time where my cousin introduced me to YouTube, the world of like beauty gurus. And at that time, Michelle Fan, um, I don't know if you know her, but she was one of the like OG Vietnamese makeup gurus of that time. And I was just so infatuated by this like online world of beauty. And yeah, I think I started just playing. I used to go home from school every single day, sit down and like play with my mom's makeup, take photos of it, never post it anywhere. And then just wipe it all away and be like, "Ah, okay, back to being a boy now. Um, (laughs) And so it was just kind of this, yeah, I, somehow built up enough courage to be like, you know what, I'm just going to start posting these looks that I do on myself. And it kind of never stopped. 
and now I'm here and I'm just like what how did what? how does this happen <laughs> yeah so that was like almost 10 years ago I'm just wondering yeah. and maybe this is like true personal so if it is just slap my wrist but like was there an element of courage there? Was everyone around you supportive or were there people who, you know, were you susceptible to bullying in school? Were there people who would like bring you down? 100%, but it was never, it was, I think it was actually mostly always in my head. And I always perceived people to be bullying me if they said, you know, a slight comment. And often it actually came from my fear of talking to like, I saw straight guys. And so Mm. I always felt really insecure at school when it came to the boys. And so put me in a room full of the girls and I'd be like, perfect. I can be myself. I can be (laughs) as gay as I want. And, you know, no one's ever going to judge me, but put me in PE with all boys. And I just sit there and I'm like, okay, what is happening right now? Am I supposed to be kicking that football? Because I have no idea how to do that and it's probably going to hit my face. So, <laughs> And also not the face. <laughs> not the face because I had to go home and take photos of that, you know. No, but it's <laughs> definitely always in my head and because I was very much accepted at home by most people. My dad was a little bit homophobic growing up. Okay. And it wasn't until like later that I was like, oh, okay. Well, he never actually openly showed it to me. I, I found out later on in life that my mom was like, you know, your dad was homophobic before you were born. And yeah, that kind of changed everything. Cause then I started looking at my dad in this weird light, yeah, which is a whole nother story, but yeah. Oh, that's awful. I, I just, for me, I guess it's so different because whenever I wanted to start playing with makeup, it was just you know, easy to be accepted. That was quote Mm -hmm. unquote normal. So I can only imagine, especially because you're from Canberra and I don't know if this is like maybe not the right thing to say, but I feel like it's more conservative, right? Yes. 100%. Yeah. So it's kind of amazing that through that you flourished. I think that's with the help of social media, right? Because through social media, I was able to kind of live mentally out of Canberra. And, yeah. you know, I was always connected to a whole nother world that wasn't necessarily where I was physically. And so I was always inspired by what was happening around more, I suppose, progressive areas in the world and where people could live their truth. And not that I couldn't, it was just definitely, you get eyes and I still get eyes in Canberra, walking down the street, wearing all pink it definitely turns some heads. Everyone here is a public servant that loves to wear black. So the minute <laughs> you wear anything different here, it's like, oh, there's someone different walking in front of me. What do I do? But no, it's fine. Like, I think this is just, yeah, this is where I've grown up. And so I'm so accustomed to kind of thinking in this way. But it's definitely changing. It's definitely changing. I do love Canberra in saying that. I love... Of course. This is We're not home. bragging on Canberra, safe, yeah. you know? No, 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 absolutely not. Like, you know, I'm from Melbourne. I feel like it takes a lot for somebody to mm-hmm. turn their head, you know? And I can just imagine that in the land of public service, it's, you know, you'd be walking down the street like this and your gorgeous glasses and people would be like, damn, like, what's going on there? Yeah. <laughs> He's not walking into I've Parliament House. Asked, yeah, a few times where people are like, where are you from? And I'm like, I'll walk into like a coffee shop and this one guy asked me one day, he's like are you from around here? And I'm like, yeah, I live around the corner. And he's like, what? You don't, you don't look like you're from here. And I'm like, what does looking from somewhere even look like? Mm. And so I don't know. I've got some exciting news 
coming up later on. But yeah, for the most part, Canberra's home. It's always my safe space, but I'm ready to kind of break free. Yeah. Spread the wings. Yeah. Fly. Spread those it's time. wings. That's you it. You know, I'm loving it. So you were loving makeup in high school. Obviously you're in your eight, your nine, you've started your makeup Instagram. You're going for it. Also, by the way, this isn't a question. This is just a statement. When I was looking at these photos from years and years and years ago, did sis invent euphoria makeup because you were already putting gems oh all God, over your face? Stop. Come on. No, I can't take the credit for that. That was, I was inspired by so many artists on Instagram, actually. And that whole trend of euphoria gems have been around for years. And so I think one of my earliest gem recreations was from actually um, an artist named Alex Box. Um, she's like this amazing editorial avant-garde makeup artist and I think I recreated one of her looks way back when I was 13 years old no for real this photo was from like literally 2013 Mm -hmm. 2014 so we love that and I know the one you're talking about yeah yeah Yes, we love it. I'll find it and I'll put it on the I'll put it on the show or the Instagram for the show. Anyways, so you are loving makeup. It's all going well. You got a job at Napoleon. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I was their youngest hired staff member. <laughs> so was that like a part-time job? Yeah, I was in year 10 and I was shitting myself going in <laughs> and having to apply for, yeah, this job because I was like, Back then, Napoleon was like, the, we had three major stores in Canberra, like main stores, concept stores. And um, the one that I went to apply for was in the middle of the mall where everyone could see you and watch you. And at this time, I was still kind of coming into my own shell. And it was like this whole moment where I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing with my life, but I know I want to be a makeup artist. And this is, yeah, where I want to go. Wow. And at that time, it was amazing. Napoleon was so good to work for. But yeah, I definitely learned a lot during that time. Yeah. So, I mean, I've had lots of people on the show before come on and actually quite a few people have worked for Napoleon, but just retail in general. And they talk about that being really formative and important to their experience, you know, in becoming a freelance makeup artist and a makeup artist. I'm just wondering like if there's anything that really stands out to you as like a major lesson or something you really took away from that time. Oh my God. The biggest lesson that I got from retail makeup was actually learning how to be a makeup artist. I think because I was so young, only being what, 14, I was 15 years old when they hired me. I had the creative side of makeup artistry. I knew how to do my own face and, you know, I'd only painted a couple of other faces before, but working in retail and having those booked Saturdays really pushed me into actually becoming a makeup artist and not just like a makeup lover or a makeup enthusiast, learning how to paint with so many different faces. And Napoleon was great in the sense that they gave us so many challenges. So for instance, one day I'd walk into work and my manager would take our entire brush belt away and give us five brushes to work with for an entire Saturday and be like, okay, you've got to do every single makeover with just five brushes. Or they'll take off all of our best-selling products on the shelves and be like, okay, you've got to only work with these products that aren't really selling well. Like, And these were weird-ass looking eyeshadows. And be like, <laughs> okay, you can only use this in your makeovers today. And so it really kind of forced me to think outside the box as a makeup artist. And I think those, you know, years that I was there, completely invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
that sounds like the stuff that is nightmare fuel to me. <laughs> use these I products that it. nobody wants. Use these brushes that nobody wants. Yeah. No, that's amazing. I'm wondering, did you ever get like clients come in and they would have called up Napoleon and made an appointment to be like, yeah, I want to get my makeup done for this event or whatever on a Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And then next minute they've got 15-year-old yarn. <laughs> did you ever get any pushback being like such a young kid? Do you know what? I think I actually... Being so young, being a boy and being Asian really actually helps me in Canberra. Everything here is done through word of mouth. And back then, social media, we weren't even allowed to use our phones at Napoleon. So we weren't allowed to take photos of our clients. And so it would kind of just be like this thing where people would call up and be like, I want to book in with that Asian boy. And yeah, <laughs> it, it kind of just became this I thing love where that I was for you. known. <laughs> Yeah, I was known as that that guy, that Asian guy that does makeup in Canberra. And I really built up my clientele from there. And it was just, yeah. That's pretty lit. Mm-hmm. Because you wouldn't get, like, in Melbourne, you wouldn't be like, yeah, I want that, like, white girl to do my makeup. Like, yeah, there's a lot so of I us. Think, <laughs> yeah, that's it. But in Canberra, there, like, I can't even tell you. There would be, like, a handful of boys in makeup in Canberra mm. that are actively, yeah, pursuing and all of the boys that I suppose do makeup and camera end up leaving to the big cities like Sydney or Melbourne yeah yeah understood understood well I love that for you (laughs) so in that same year then if my Instagram stalking is correct you Mm -hmm. started freelancing as well so did you kind of use that time at Napoleon to build your own little like mobile kit like tell me what that was about because you were still in school I was still at school and my first freelancing jobs were actually when I was in year eight I remember one of my girlfriends she was invited to a year 10 formal and we were only in year eight and she's like I'm freaking out I don't know how to do makeup can can you do my makeup and I was like I can try. So yeah, I actually started properly freelancing, like, cause then I started doing a lot more formals when I was about 13. Yeah. Did my first bridal party when I was 13. What? And it was just like, yeah, it was, just, I can't. it wasn't the best, but then it kind of just like, because Canberra is so small, everything was done through word of mouth. Yeah. And so all of a sudden I started getting all, and this was when Facebook, you know, you just add everyone you knew on Facebook. Mm. And then, yeah, I was that that guy that did makeup for people. I can't believe you were 14 years old doing bridal parties. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how you had the strength of character to do that. Like, it's so stressful. Yeah, you know, right up until I was about, I think, 19, I used to lie about my age. Nah, fair call. I get when it. I'd rock up to a bridal <laughs> party. Yeah. I used to be like, no, no, I'm so much older than what I am because – yeah, people are ageist. People are like, no, I don't want some 17-year-old doing my wedding. But look, here we are. I'm still doing bridal makeup. We made it. That person who you did the first wedding for survived. It's all good. (laughs) Yeah, we've all had some, like, shocking. funny. I can't believe that. Like, I just, I can't even imagine, yeah, having my own wedding and someone that young. But whatever, you got the job done. We love Mm -hmm. that. So, I mean... How long was it until you left Napoleon? So I'm assuming you kind of finished school and left Napoleon roughly the same time. Yeah. So I would have left in year 12, year 12 to pursue my own business full time. I was 17 when I left because then I had turned 18 the year after I left school. 
And that's when I could officially then open my business and pursue it kind of full time. Yeah. I just, I'm shaking my head because when I was 18, (laughs) I'm trying to think about what, what I even thought was possible. I did not think it was possible to start my own business. What do you think that you had within you at that time that gave you the confidence to be like, yes, I can start my own business. I can be a boy in makeup in Canberra. I can do this. I think it was more like, I didn't really feel like I had a choice, but to make it work because I, you know, all throughout school, I even left my school formal early because I had a bridal party. Like it was starting at some crazy time, like 4am the next day. So all throughout, you know, my year 10 to year 12, I was always working. And so it kind of just became this thing where like, if I didn't work, what was I supposed to do? Yeah. And then, yeah, I kind of just kept working and now we're here. That's crazy. So at any point, did you have another job? Like while you were building up your freelance career? I used to work at my family's restaurant. Love it. We, I grew up in like a family restaurant, a nice Vietnamese restaurant here in Canberra and seeing the work ethic of my family, it was, yeah, it really inspired me to just keep working and yeah. I'm definitely thankful for that. I used to like wait tables from six, seven, eight years old and just live at the restaurant, finish school, go to the restaurant, do your homework at the back and then come out and help if it was busy. That was kind of my life all throughout school. (laughs) It's just amazing to me how much you were working, whether it be in makeup, whether it be in the restaurant, Mm -hmm. keeping up your studies, like even if you kind of dropped off from the straight A's or whatnot in those last couple of years, you were just working so hard, you know, and it actually shows through on your Instagram. Like when I'm scrolling back, I can see how hard you were working. It's just like you've never, ever stopped working. Yeah, I definitely think, look, there are, you know, pros and cons and I'm only at 23 now starting to really take a step back from work and evaluating my life and being like, you know, it's not all about work. And I think because I've been in that hustle mentality from such a young age, I've missed out on actually living, Mm. you know, and it's, I'm not sad by it. I definitely wouldn't change a thing because now I'm able to live with the finances, you know, and I never had to go through that. Oh, mom, can I have $5 to go for a coffee with some friends? You know, I, (laughs) I, I skipped that whole kind of part and now I'm able to enjoy life a lot more without that kind of stress of financial burden, you know? Yeah, I mean, you have, in a lot of ways, created some financial freedom for yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. to be able to do the things that you want to do. It's just kind of funny because for most people, I think, you know, they're in a position where they have those kind of years immediately after high school where they go to uni and they're partying. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the same thing happened to me. I worked full-time straight out of high school. I deferred uni. This is like long before I got into beauty. And I was working really long weeks, like 50-hour weeks and all this sort of thing. And like my friends would go out on Tuesday night and I'd be like, I can't go (laughs) because I'm working. So Mm -hmm. I, I know what you mean, but it's just kind of crazy that for me, I was working for my family. I was working for someone else, but you were working for yourself. It's just so incredible. Yeah. So incredible. I just love it. Ah. Okay. So from there, so that was starting to freelance in 2015 after you finished high school. Mm -hmm. Yes. And from there, your career, it just goes from strength to strength. So this is the little like 
timeline that I put together with my stalking. So after two years, right, two years freelancing in 2017, you already had 10,000 followers. Mm -hmm. And in 2019, two years after that, you're doing clients full-time and you're doing your first masterclass. Yes. What was inspiring you to create? And not only that, but like push yourself so hard that you're going from, you know, not just doing clients, but educating, like what was going through your mind at this time? I think it was all kind of just like a natural working back at Napoleon. One of my absolute favorite things to do was to teach. And not only does teaching, you know, help those that I'm teaching, it actually helped me as an artist because often what I find with myself is I sometimes just do things like as artists, we, we don't really have a way of doing things. And so when you're asked to explain why you're doing your creative process of, you know, teaching and whatnot, it's, yeah, it kind of helps you understand your artistry a lot more. And I think it naturally, this was at the time of like one-on-one, one-on-one lessons were really big. People were, people I knew on socials were taking their master classes into stay and all of that. And it's like, I, that's really cool. I want to be an educator for makeup because it's something that I love so much. Yeah. That's kind of how I started teaching. It's kind of crazy. Cause I know you just recently did another class. So that's like well and truly on the agenda is educating at the moment. I'm wondering though, cause like, and I, I didn't pre-prepare this, so excuse me, but I'm wondering, cause you know, I said, I've gone through the Instagram and I've looked at the kind of timeline of your career and you just, you're so busy, right? You're working so mm-hmm. much and you know, from the outside looking in, you would think success, pure success, pure, like amazing vibes. Were there any moments in those years where you were like, I've made a huge mistake or this is too hard or where you were kind of doubting your choice? I think for so long, you know, it's so interesting that you say that because I think I'm currently going through that now. Okay. All right. And it's, yeah, no. And to keep it real, it's like for so long I had hustled because, you know, growing up, I don't know, anywhere in a small country town, it's like, you've got to buy that house. You've got to, you know, do all of that. And I did that. And now it's like for the first time, just thinking to myself, okay, well, what next? And so right up until now, I've never regretted anything, but it's from now on where a lot of change is happening right now where I'm like, okay, I'm feeling very overwhelmed and I need to keep myself grounded, but it's really hard to keep grounded, especially with, you know, the whole COVID mentality. I think that's really, that's got a lot to play with how I'm feeling right now. What do you mean by that? The COVID mentality? I feel like during lockdown, like pre-lockdown, I was, the reason why I worked so hard is because I used to travel so much. And so when we were locked down, you know, I wasn't able to leave. And then I started evaluating my life from, you know, the four walls of my home. And yeah, then it kind of just became this like snowball effect of what are you doing? Like, where do you want to be? Is makeup artistry, you know, your be all and end all because that's really all I've known since now or until now, you know? Mm. So yeah, it's just interesting, but I'm hopeful. I always like to stay positive. It's, you know, life is beautiful. Life is great. 
You just got to accept it. It is what it is. Of course. You know, but I think that that's actually a really reasonable point. Like I can sit here and be like, you know, you've been so successful and you've worked so hard and you've achieved all these things and that's great. But it's like at the end of the day, you're 23. You've got so many years Mm -hmm. left of your life. And I can understand Mm how having worked so hard at such a young age and now you're here, like you've bought the house, you've got the successful business. It's like, well, what do you, what do you do now? Well, what now? Mm-hmm. And I hope, I hope that for you and for everyone else, it's more inspiring now that the world seems to be open again and we can travel again and kind of expand our horizons. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, I, I really appreciate you being honest about that mm-hmm. right now because it can sometimes feel like that. And even. Yeah. Social media is definitely something that, I know it affects a lot of people, everyone on social media. It, social media is, in my opinion, just like a persona. And so you can see people's successes. You can see all of their, you know, their life, how they've wanted to craft it. But it's not always the case. And, yeah, we all kind of have our little moments. I mean, a lot of us don't actually post about it. But, yeah, I'm re- very, very excited to travel again. I think traveling helps me stay grounded. I've got a few trips coming up that I'm like, I just can't wait to, yeah, just put my brushes down and just travel and just focus on me. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And while we're kind of talking about social media, I kind of want to talk to you about some of the creative looks that you were doing, but more importantly, your creative process so mm-hmm. I'm gonna post on the St. Jack Instagram some of my favorite of your looks that are like super intricate and beautiful on your face what was the alter ego Mrs. Butter Lady Nutter Butter Lady Nutter she Butter she was like a drag persona that yes I don't know I think when I rename her I feel like her name's a little bit crude so I'm just well, like oh I don't know about that well but no, she I loved her like, oh thank you she loves you no Lady Narbada is like a, this drag persona. Um, over lockdown, I got so back into RuPaul's Drag Race and it kind of just inspired me to be like painting that crazy makeup that used, I used to do all the time. And I think being so busy with work, you kind of just lose touch. Well, I've definitely lost touch with that creative side of makeup artistry. But yeah, she was she's a vibe. I'm definitely hoping to revive her. Well, I would love to see her and I would love to see more of these. I mean, you just posted one this morning, like these super colorful looks. And also like my personal yes. favorite was like when you painted like Cupid on your face, it was just so beautiful. And you know what? Like as somebody who follows you, I see the finished product and I see like the perfect photo and the great video and all this sort of thing. But I kind of want to talk about the dark side of creativity for a minute, like while we're talking about social media, because these looks can take hours, Mm -hmm. hours, like all day. And it's like, if you're anything like me and I don't go anywhere near looks as intricate as that, but if you're anything like me, sometimes you go to do this like really beautiful creative thing. And then you get to the end, you're like, I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. Like, has that ever happened to you? And if so, that like, was my look yesterday, girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you how do you deal with that? How do you cope with that? I don't know. The weird thing that I've noticed with social media and like my mentality is the looks that I personally don't really vibe with. They're the ones that people love. And they're the ones that a lot of brands have actually recognized me from. And so 
long story short, you kind of just have to fin- And the good thing with makeup that's so different to actually painting a canvas is that you have to finish your makeup if you want it to, you know, be something. With painting, mm. I've got so many paintings where I haven't touched in years, but I know that I can pick up my brushes and start painting on those canvases again. So when you go back to those like really intricate art looks that I do on my face, it's kind of like a little goal for me to sit down and just finish it because you can't get four or five hours into a look like that and then just wipe it all away for nothing, you know? So it's kind of just like pushing through. But what about like if it flops? Like, and I don't know if you have flops, right? Like flops but what ha- on social media or just like the look flops? Well, both. But like, if you say, if you put it on social media and it flops and you're like, oh, great, I spent the last, you know, 24 hours toiling over this. Like, oh my God, it happens. Like, how do you personally bounce back from that feeling? Because I think people really struggle with it these days because we're all comparing Mm -hmm. each other. Oh my God, 100%. And to be honest, when a post flops, I kind of just mute my phone. I silent it and I just get on with my day. The reason why I love, you know, working so much as well is because it actually takes me away from my phone. And so I'm being occupied with something that I don't actually have to touch my phone all the time and to check those likes, to check those comments, to see who's sharing and all of that. So in those times where I do feel like a post is flopping or, you know, all of my hard work has gone for nothing, then I just, yeah, mute my phone and turn it off like... See ya, say bye. And you know what I think is nice is like knowing, (laughs) is knowing that, you know, tomorrow is another day. We can always clean the brushes. We can clean the face, you know, and we can begin again. I think it's just. That's the good thing with makeup. Like it's temporary. Yeah. If you don't like it, you take it off and you start again. Like that's the absolute worst thing that can happen when it comes to makeup. And I always tell my clients that. You know, like if you don't like something, you just take it off. It's not like a cosmetic oh God, tattoo. It's so or true. It's you know, so like, true. I feel like we are so fixed on this instant beauty idea where if you're not looking a certain way, you like automatically start feeling shit. And it's, you know, it's not always the case. You just take it off and you start again, you know? That's it. That's it. You mm-hmm. can always begin again. In fact, I had one of those moments on Saturday night. So I love that for me. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure you still looked amazing. Oh, obviously. But I mean, like, you know, Duh. I can't be going out looking like crap. So when I've got my makeup on, so I had to, you know, just start that eye again and no just big deal, again. you know, and that's just what my salad water is late, for. You know? Yes. That's it. Always, always a little bit late. No big deal. I'm like, my Uber canceled on me 17 times. <laughs> 17 it wasn't times. My, I'm sorry. <laughs> it wasn't me just doing my eyeliner that many times mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so good so towards the end of last year I think you moved into your studio space so like up until then you were doing mobile artistry is that right or were you working out of your home so up until then I was working from my mum's house and working in the living room and so this is going to be wild to some people but I did not I have not experienced what it's like to have a living room from about 15 years old to when I moved last year because my living room was the makeup studio. I'm not worried about you not having a living room. Mm -hmm. I'm worried about your family not having a living room. They must love you so much. (laughs) Yeah. My mom and my sister, 
Yes. They had TVs in their room because they weren't allowed to go and sit. Well, we didn't even have a TV in my makeup room. We had the couches, but no TV. So I'm dying that you're calling yeah. your family living room, your makeup room now. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely was. And that's why I'm so thankful for my family. It was just my mom and my sister. And it was quite a small, like three bedroom house. And I really just built up what I have now from there. And I would be, I'm forever thankful for that room. Even at times where I'm like, oh, it's not really professional, but you know what? I don't need to be professional. People are still booking in to see me. So I'm just gonna, you know, <laughs> keep going. So yeah. I love that for you. So what was it like moving into the studio? Tell me about the studio. The studio is owned by one of my girlfriends, Steph. She's an amazing hairdresser and I actually had done a lesson with Steph. And during that time, so at last year I had purchased my house and I was like, okay, I've got a space to do makeup in my house, but I didn't want clients to come into my house when there was just stuff everywhere. And even though it only be for a couple of weeks, it was just kind of that I just knew that it was time to you know, say goodbye to working from home in Canberra and going into a space. So I reached out to her and she, her studio is stunning. And oh, I would never so want to work. Anywhere. Yes. I would never want to work anywhere else, but her studio in Canberra. But yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a different change. Definitely a change. I, the biggest thing that I miss from working about, about working from home, sorry, is how intimate my conversations used to be with my clients and how we were able to talk about absolutely anything because I'm in a studio space. There are so many ears listening and I love that because, you know, everyone kind of chimes into your conversations, but yeah, I kind of, yeah, miss. So Sundays and Mondays are my days in the studio by myself. And I'm like, Oh, this is what it feels like again. Yeah. So I still have that, you know, moment to just be present with my clients and let them talk to me about absolutely anything. Yeah. Yeah. But do you mm. find that they think it's different? Like when they're in the studio, like the hair studio with other people? Oh my God. A hundred percent. I think it's a lot more professional. You know, I have like being in Canberra, you have some, you know, politicians and all of, you know, your diplomats and your big people and it's mm. so different having them come to a studio space as opposed to your living room yes <laughs> and it's yeah it's it's definitely made me as a makeup artist feel a lot more I suppose professional in that sense because yeah since owning my home it's like your home is your sanctuary you don't want that you know energy in your in your space and so now it's really nice to be able to just close the doors at work, go home and just put my feet up and do whatever I want to do without, you know, fearing that someone's going to be knocking on my door, wanting a makeup appointment. And you know what? I'm sure that your mum and your sister are super grateful as well. <laughs> yes, they're loving it. So good. Interrupting this chat with Jan to talk to you about St. Jack's iconic makeup cleaning mist. Did you know after just three uses, your favorite eyeshadow palette, I'm looking at you, Makeup by Mario, has 27 times more bacteria than your toilet seat? That's not a lie. That's science. Look it up. Not only is that nightmare fuel, it is a one-way ticket to an eye infection, skin infections, and breakouts. The Makeup Cleaning Mist safely kills all the invisible bacteria on the surface of your favorite makeup without damaging a thing. 
It has a gorgeous citrus scent. It smells amazing. And your clients will love to see you going the extra mile to keep their beautiful faces safe. Join hundreds of makeup artists across Australia who are loving the mist and become a hygiene queen today. Head to www.stjack.com.au and use code BRUSH15 at checkout for 15% off everything. Now, let's get back to the show. So I want to switch gears for a moment now and talk Mm -hmm. about something like a little bit more serious, but something really beautiful that I've noticed about you because I've watched so much of your content because like I said, I've been following you for a really long time. I've seen you move your clients to tears like of joy and, you know, just lots of emotions so Mm -hmm. many times. And what I can tell about you, even from afar, is that you seem to really connect with your clients and with people on a deeper level. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you see them for who they are and not what might be challenging for you as an artist. For example, I've seen you do transformations on like a mother of the bride, you know, who some people find like doing that challenging because they're like, I don't know how to do mature skin. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's not as fun as like doing like the hot, like 20 year old or whatever, which is just awful, but it's the truth. Mm -hmm. And so I just like love to know, about that side of your career because it probably says a lot about who you are as a person but why is that important to you that is honestly Beth the reason why I'm a makeup artist and why I do what I do I've had so many moments in my career where I question it and makeup artistry to someone who doesn't really understand what we do is quite a superficial job we get paid to make people look pretty I've had to dig deeper and for me, makeup artistry not only allows me to make someone look good, it makes them feel good. And I think being of, you know, being a small minority, being a boy in makeup, being of an ethnic minority, it's like I'm the last person that would want someone to sit in my chair and feel like I can't make them feel beautiful for whatever reason it was or it is. And yeah, that is honestly the reason why I do what I do. It's the talking to my clients, the connecting with them. And I'm such a big believer in energy. Like the minute that you touch someone's face or you touch someone's hand, it, yeah, you transfer that energy. And especially being a makeup artist, a client is literally sitting, you know, a couple centimeters away from your face and you're in their personal space. And often clients are really vulnerable. You know, how many times do you have girls or clients come in sitting in your chair and being like, you know, really shy and insecure because makeup helps them feel so much more beautiful and so much more confident. And that to me is like, I know when I have a full face on, I'm a completely different person. So that's the power that I love to give back to my clients. For sure. I couldn't agree more with everything that you just said. And it's so true. You know, Mm -hmm. people come to us with a clean face because we ask them to (laughs) and we need them to, to do our job. But that is bringing them into their most vulnerable state. You know, Mm -hmm. they're coming to you like that. Are there any moments in particular or any clients in particular that really stand out to you? Because I've seen like some particular videos that I can like play back in my head right now. But were there any real like moments that stand out as like you really made a huge difference? I think it's every single weekend that I work. And, you know, so I would say every single client that's actually sat in my chair, I've been able to connect with them. I don't actually work with a mirror in front of my clients. So every single time 
I finish a makeover, I show them at the end and it's just that reaction that brings me so much joy and is, you know, it reaffirms that I am supposed to be doing this. This is my calling in life. This is, you know, my happy space. And yeah, don't get me wrong. It's very draining. Like at the end of a full weekend, I'm sure you feel this. You're exhausted. Your energy is exhausted. But yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. No, so, so many so of my true. clients, every of my client, actually. Yeah. Oh, actually, speaking of a specific one was a face tattoo on this man. This was the one I was thinking of. Yes, a Maori man, you know, had a tamoko. I'm not too sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it's a tribal tattoo that they get over in New Zealand. And we covered it for him for the first time. He hadn't seen himself like without his tamoko since I think it was 19 or something. And yeah, it was the first time that he had seen himself, you know, as an adult without his face covering. And it was just, yeah, such a beautiful moment that really changed. And it's just, I suppose the wild thing is like we have, you know, as artists, the power in our hands to be able to do that for people. And also, you know, it means a lot that people come to you and give you that trust Mm -hmm. like all day, every day of the week. Like it's just a really, it's a really beautiful thing, but it's something that it really, speaking of energy, it really radiates even from something as kind of sterile as social media, you know, like it's not always easy to feel what a person might be like on the other end of a brush or what their Mm -hmm. personality might be like, but you can just tell that you just care for people in a Mm. really special way. Thank you. No, I definitely, yeah, I've got my mom to thank for that. She's such a soft woman she's a quite a power like a strong energy but she teaches me a lot of softness and calmness and just to treat people how you want to be treated you know like I think there is so much negativity in the world right now and it's yeah if I can help someone just feel a little bit better walking out of my chair then I'm going to do that now I have this one weekly client who gets her makeup done every single Friday And she always says, you know, she doesn't even need to, she doesn't even go to places a lot of the times. She just gets her makeup done, goes home. But she says, you know, I just love coming in to see you because first of all, I get to talk about all my problems and then I get to leave feeling (laughs) really pretty. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly, that's what I'm here for. Oh my God. I love that. That's so beautiful. (laughs) So gorgeous. Well, I'm interested. So we kind of touched on this before because you were obviously very honest and you told me that, you know, right now you're kind of in that moment where you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I mean, you just turned 23. You looked effing amazing doing it. Might I add up in the Gold Coast. Mm -hmm. What is next for you right now? Like even in the next few months, like where, where do you want to go with your career? You know, this is the first time I'm actually saying this. On a platform like this, it's exclusive, but I will definitely be moving to a different city next year. Ooh. Yes. I am wanting to kind of shift my focus on as much as I love bridal, I feel like bridal has been work that I kind of just been boxed into being here in Canberra. That's what's going to pay the bills. That's what's going to you know, put food on the table. But when it comes to my artistry, it definitely kills my artistry. It kills my creativity, doing the same pretty soft glands. 
you know, over and over and over again. And, you know, there's, I've, I've done this for so long now where I'm like, okay, I need to get back in touch with that creative side of my artistry. And so this move has kind of just been that, yeah, factor in, I'm going to push more creativity. I'm going to push more color in my work and yeah, I'm excited for this next chapter. Oh my God. I am so excited to see where you're going and what you're doing. I so know what you mean, you know, like it can get really repetitive sometimes and you just kind of want to break free, but you still need to make money. So it's like, how am I going to do that? But oh my God, 100%. The world is your oyster, baby. You can do whatever you want to do. The world is do. everyone's oyster. That's it. I actually truly believe that. I really do. Mm-hmm. Are there anything, any things on your makeup bucket list that you still want to tick off that you haven't yet? Fashion week. I want Fashion to... Week. Why aren't you there? Fashion Week is right now. What's going on? I Where's know. the invite? So that's speaking of, I was invited to attend a show this Friday. And I. this is the thing, being a makeup artist, you miss out on so many of these last minute opportunities because, you know, you've got weddings. I can't then mm. call up my bride and be like, hey, so this really cool opportunity has just come up. Can I just cancel your wedding that you booked in a year ago? <laughs> you know what I mean so I think when I move I'm I I don't want to be so committed to work I just want to you know move and just be free for a little bit just see what happens see what work I fall into because for as long as I can remember my life is restricted by work you know I have to know what I'm doing six months to a year in advance because my client's rely on that to book in and so yeah no I'm excited so he's closed his books yes well for now definitely in Canberra but yeah I want to pursue fashion fashion week in Sydney and then London Paris like yeah New York baby that's where we gotta be I can so see you in New York I can see me there too you would be amazing (laughs) in New York yeah I can see like the Instagram pictures right now, they would just be like popping off. Yes. So good. I love this for you. Before we kind of wrap things up for a moment, if you'll indulge me, I would love to think about 14, 13-year-old Jan because, you know, I think about him and I'm proud of him, you know. I don't think it would have been easy to start that Instagram account as a boy in makeup, as an Asian boy in makeup, not that I know what that feels like, but based on what you've told us. And, you know, I've seen the evolution of everything that you're doing as an artist and, like, you've just told us it's going to continue to evolve. You've worked so hard and everything is so well-earned. Like, what qualities do you think you had as a young person, as a teenager, that helped you get to where you are now? honestly, just not caring what people think, you know, like so many times people have said, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't wear this. Like, why do you have to wear that? And now as an adult, I'm just like, I wish I had stuck to that even more than what I did. And it's just becoming so much more confident in myself and not, yeah, caring about what anyone else thinks of me because they don't live my life, girl. No, no, they don't. And you know what? Mm -hmm. It it really is so powerful. Even I think about myself and I'm a little bit older than you, as we discussed, not too much, but enough. (laughs) I have had, even in the last few years, like on a personal level, you know, 
I have had to shed thoughts of caring what other people thought. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I would have never started this podcast. I would have never started St. Jack. I would have never pursued the makeup artistry. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a really big thing for me. I was so worried about what other people would think. And look so at you now. Long. Look at me now, baby. That's it. It's like if I, had cared, if I had cared about what the haters who still are out there today probably fucking listening to this podcast, if I cared, it'd be a problem. That's it. But I don't think it's just the haters. I think it's, you know, caring about what your family and friends think. Like yeah. for me, my family and friends' opinions matter so much more. And if I had cared about, you know, originally what my parents had wanted me to achieve, I would have been a doctor or a lawyer, you know, going down that route. But it's just, yeah, I often think just not caring at all and just sticking to you, sticking by your word and just sitting yourself down and having these conversations with yourself and really honest conversations and asking yourself what you want. Doesn't matter what anyone else wants. It's this is your life and what you want to achieve from it. That's so true. I don't think we have those conversations with ourselves enough. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have that conversation with myself, not until too late, but I wish I had had it sooner. So if anyone's kind of listening right now and they don't know like what, you know, what they want or what's going on, like just kind of do the work, like sit with the feeling and see, you know, where that takes you. It's confronting. Doing Mm. self-work is so confronting because it forces you to look inwards and ask yourself these really life-changing questions. And often we all know the answers to it, but whether we actually action it is so different. Like this move, for instance, for me, I've always known all of my clients from as, you know, early as 17, 18 have always known that I eventually want to be in London. And so this move is kind of that like baby step. Did you just tell us where you're moving? (laughs) No, no, no. So I'm moving within Australia, but this like move is just like a baby step because I've never left Canberra. I've never left my hometown. And it's like, first of all, how am I going to survive with my mom? Mom, I still need you to (laughs) um, be my best friend, please. But yeah, no, it's just like a little baby step. So finally actioning it. I know the answers. I just need to do it now. So true. I love that from Mm -hmm. you. And finally, before I let you go back to your beautiful day in Canberra, which I'm sure it's like the place to be at the moment. It is so Uh, miserable and cold right now. But yes. I can't imagine. (laughs) I'm wondering now that we've kind of got this platform, what advice would you give to an aspiring artist? Say they're also really young. Say there's a 14-year-old listening to this and they're like, do I want to do it? I'm scared. Like, what do I do? Like, what would you say to an aspiring artist at the beginning of their journey today? I would if it wasn't clear before, just don't care what anyone else thinks. Be you. Be inspired. Allow, you know, inspiration to just flow in, but don't take yourself too seriously. I think that's, you know, the biggest, one of the biggest things that I've done, especially as a teenager, was I used to take myself so seriously and just have fun with it. Like makeup is so fun if you allow it to be fun. And it can be an outlet for so many of us, a form of self-expression. And yeah, try not to like compare yourself. I know everyone says it. It's so much easier said than done, but do not compare yourself to what's happening on social media. And yeah, just, just be you, be yourself. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect words of advice for anyone listening, not just to people in makeup. It has been such a joy. The last hour or so is just like flown by. I feel like I've known yes. you for so long. Honestly, it feels like that. 
Yeah, it Thank does. Thank you so it does. much for having me. I'm like, where You're did this welcome. power just Thank go, you. honestly? I know. It's actually wild. I clearly mm-hmm. need to have you back on the show. It was an absolute yes, pleasure. Thank you so much. That. Thank, Thank you, you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Oh, yan, yan, yan. What an amazing person. You know what? I've exchanged tons of DMs with Yan, but I've never actually spoken to him before, like on the phone or Zoom or whatever. And that hour, I know I said it, but it really just flew by. I could actually speak to him all day. I'm so inspired by the way he's worked so hard, so much at such a young age and has created an era of freedom now to live the life of his dreams. I truly cannot wait to see where he is going next in terms of where he's going to live, where he's moving to next year, but also where he's going to take his work because no matter what he does, I know it is going to be truly sensational. There was a lot I love from that chat, but here are my top two takeaways just for you. Number one, age is just a number. Doing a bridal party when you're 14 or 15, I beg your pardon, what? I think I was 26 or 27 when I did my first bridal party and I was absolutely terrified. But much like Jan, I was faking it till I made it, baby. It just goes to show you can build a loyal client base at any age if you carry yourself with grace and if your work is great. It's never too early or too late in your life to paint your first face. Number two, caring too much about what other people think, whether that's the haters or people who love you, it will only hold you back from your authentic self in the end. You have to be in tune with what you want to build the career and the life of your dreams. If there are too many voices, whether that be from your parents or your friends or other people around you, make sure you're taking the time out to do the self-work and tune into the only voice that actually matters. And you know it, baby, that's yours. Well, that's enough from me, don't you think? By the time this episode goes live, I will be just one week away from going on my long-awaited vacay to the Gold Coast, baby! I think also I have actually locked in my next guest and we may be meeting up in person while I'm in the Gold Coast, so I will leave that to you to guess who that might be. In the meantime, keep up with me and all of my antics. You can find me on Instagram. My artistry account is at BethWilson underscore MUA and the brand is at by St. Jack. That's B-Y St. Jack. Or you can find me on TikTok. You know I'd be loving that TikTok. It's at Beth in Beauty or at St. Jack Cosmetics. But until then, I'll see you on the next one. Bye.